Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. Today we are starting a brand new series called Behind the Scenes. Sometimes it's not as it seems. And that term comes from the theatre industry. It comes from the film industry where basically we all know that lots of things happen behind the scenes and what we get to see is the finished product on our screens. And, you know, when we are doing life, most of us would know that there is a lot going on behind the scenes. And this series is about exposing what is possibly going on behind the scenes and all we get to see is life, life on screen. But I would love us to delve into the Word of God and see possibly what is going on and what is the devil trying to do. Now you're thinking, devil, how did he come into this thing? That's because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, it says, put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Did you know that there's a devil out there and he is scheming? He's doing things behind the scenes in our family lives, in our work lives, in our own hearts and minds. And he is working behind the scenes. And all we get to see is the outcome often. But during this series, we're going to expose some of those things and we're going to be enlightened in Jesus' name. So let me start off by just asking you this very, very simple question. Have you ever been talking to somebody, maybe your partner, your friend, your children, whoever it may be, And you're trying to impart some truth, some solid truth that is not even controversial. It's just a truth that is out there. Maybe some really good advice. Or maybe you're just trying to impart some really important information. But as you're speaking, you actually realise that this person is just not getting it. In actual fact, they will even say to you, I just don't feel like I understand what you are saying. Yet it's not very complicated. Uh, It's not very hard to decipher yet they are just not receiving the truth. What is going on in that situation? Or maybe you are in a relationship and you've tried to explain to your partner multiple times that their particular behaviour is really hurting you and it's hurting the relationship. And you've explained it over and over again and maybe multiple people have even explained that, hey, you shouldn't be living like this. You shouldn't be saying things like this. And they would even agree, but yet somehow they just go back into that daze and they just don't understand what was said and they go straight back into that behaviour. Maybe with your children, you've tried to explain some things to them, but yet they just don't seem to be getting it. And all you seem to get from them is that glazed look. And you're just like, why aren't they getting it? Well, I want to talk to you about that in a moment, but listen, let me just clarify what I'm not talking about are blind spots. I'm not talking about when someone is doing something and you explain to them, hey, listen, please don't do that or please don't say that. They go, oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you for telling me. And immediately they know that they should change their behaviour and they get it. I'm not talking about that today. No, I'm talking about when people just do not seem to be able to receive the truth that you're giving to them. And how many of us know that can be really, really frustrating? Well, this, this message today comes from a conversation and I'm about to give you the sermon title, so just hang on tight. It came, it came about because I was uh, walking around a river uh, with this particular young man and, and we were talking about how he, w- he was telling me that his girlfriend is just not understanding some really basic truth. 
And he said to me, you know, Richard, it just seems like she's just unable to receive it. And then I asked him this question. I said, did you pray for the veil to be removed? And he said to me, what veil? (laughs) Which I completely understand. Maybe he had never heard the concept before. And maybe you've never heard the concept before. And the the message title is this, friends. Don't forget to remove the veil. Repeat after me. Don't forget to remove the veil. Now, let's unpack this. You know, we first find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 14 to 18, where uh, the Apostle Paul is talking to some believers in Corinth and they were getting really frustrated with their Jewish uh, brothers and sisters who, who were not understanding the gospel and they were saying to the Apostle Paul, you know what, we're going to start to force them to believe. We're, we're just going to force this upon them. And the Apostle Paul says, no, no, don't do that. That's not how we do things around here. And then he explains what is going on. He says, but the people's minds were hardened and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, watch this, watch this, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. Did you get that? The Apostle Paul is saying that there's this thing called a veil that stops people from understanding truth that we are trying to impart. He says this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Wow. Then he goes on, he goes even deeper. He says, yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. There it is again. There is a veil that stops people from understanding. And then verse 16 kicks in and I love this. It says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Friends, I simply asked that young man that day, bro, did you ask God to remove the veil? Because if she's not understanding, is it possible that there is a veil? Now I've got a little prop here. Friends, when we are trying to speak to people in our world, our family members, children, partners, staff members, whoever they may be, do you realise the Apostle Paul is saying that there is a veil that exists in people's hearts and upon their mind and it stops them from receiving truth. And my message today, friends, is to expose that, friends, there is a veil and we can't see it. That's why this series is called Behind the Scenes. You can't see the veil, but friends, it exists. And there is a veil that is stopping people from hearing truth that will change everything. And so what I want to do is to to help us to understand what it is and how we can see this thing removed. So here's the question that I've got for you right now. When was the last time you prayed for the veil to be removed of someone's life? Did you even know that the veil existed? And for some of you, maybe you did know, but you don't often pray the prayer, Lord, remove the veil. I know most of you have been to a wedding and and you'll see the lovely bride walk up the the aisle and the groom is standing there and and then she finally arrives and she's usually covered in a veil and uh, she looks beautiful and then there are some things that are said and then eventually 
the, the, uh, the, the minister will say, you may now kiss your bride. Have you noticed that the groom doesn't try and kiss the bride while the veil is still down? That would be really awkward, friends. There'd be makeup everywhere and uh, it, it just wouldn't work very well. No, no, the veil needs to be lifted first and then you get to kiss the bride. Well, you know, I think that's a beautiful analogy that sometimes we're trying to kiss people with truth. We're trying to give them something that means a lot to us and we're trying to explain it to them and they're just not getting it because there is a veil there. Friends, let's take the time to remove the veil. It is an important part of the whole process. Nobody would try and kiss the bride through the veil. You know, the Apostle Paul, he was telling uh, King Agrippa one day, he was trying to tell him of the assignment that Jesus had given him. And as he repeats these words, there are some beautiful things that Jesus wanted Paul to achieve. But if you have a look at the very first thing that Jesus told Paul to achieve, in Acts 26, 18, he says, Paul, this is what you need to do first. Open their eyes. To open their eyes. Friends, there's no use going any further until people's eyes are open. But friends, often their eyes are not open because there is a veil there. They just can't see. And you know, when people make a statement like, I just don't see it. I just can't see it. And, uh, and then we see the opposite too. When, when people do have the veil lifted, they say, I see the light. Friends, we need to concentrate on helping people see. How do we do that? The veil needs to be lifted. Some of us remember the story when Elisha was with his servant and they were in a little cabin and the enemy comes and they surround his cabin and uh, the servant walks out and he sees horses and chariots and people surrounding them. They thought they were finished and fear struck the servant's heart. And he says to Elisha, Elisha, there's a whole army outside. Like they, they're surrounding us. And Elisha said, you can't quite see, can you? That there are more with us than there are with them. And the servant was thinking, oh my, he has become senile. I don't know what he was thinking, but he would have thought that's just not the truth. And then in verse 17 of chapter six, it says, and Elisha prayed, this is what he prayed, Father, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Did you get that? Did you notice how Elisha didn't just start telling him, hey, listen, this is what's going on. There are horses up there. No, no, no. He says, then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and the servant could see and he saw that the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, Elisha could see because the veil was, was removed, but the servant didn't have the veil removed. Friends, right now we are living in a season where people are so fearful they, people cannot see what this, even what this year will hold for us. And I understand that, I understand that because we don't know what it, what it does hold. But one thing I do know is that God is in control and none of what's going on around the world is a surprise to God. God is not going, oh my, COVID-19, how do we deal with this? No, no, God knows exactly what's happening. God knows what will happen in December. God knows what will happen next January. God knows it all. And sometimes we are so filled with fear, but God would just say, if I could just open your eyes. Friends, we need to be praying that people's eyes are open. But listen, I need you to notice something. Notice that it was the Lord who opened the eyes. Friends, we can't remove the veil. And that's what we're trying to do sometimes. No, no, that comes through prayer 
and it comes through a heart that is asking God, God, can you please remove that veil? Did you know there are some people out there right now, friends, and they definitely, definitely have got a veil over them. But you know, they are praying desperately for that veil to be removed. How do I know that? That was me. I was not walking with God. I had no relationship with Jesus, except I watched this film called The Exorcist. And some of you may remember that film. It was about a young girl who, who got demon-possessed and it was, it was pretty graphic. And I remember thinking, wow, I've got a faith in God, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I remember thinking, whose side am I on? Do I belong to God or do I belong to the devil? And I actually asked God in my heart, God, can you show me the way? Can you show me? What was I asking? God, can you please... Can you please lift the veil? Can you get that veil off? Because I want to know. Well, you know, there was a young lady that was working across the road and I prayed that prayer on Tuesday night. Did you know on Wednesday morning, she walked into my parents' business and she asked me a question. Hey, do you want to come to a God meeting? And I'm like, oh yes, please. Why? Why was I open to it on Wednesday morning, but I probably wasn't open to it on Monday because the veil was lifting. Did you know a few years later, that young lady told me, that she was praying for six months that God would lift the veil off my eyes. I said to her, what do you mean? I was always open to you. She said, no, no, you were argumentative. You just were, you didn't seem interested, but I prayed a prayer that God would lift the veil. Come on, guys, this is my challenge to all of us. When was the last time we prayed that prayer about our friends, our family members, work colleagues? Father, please lift the veil. And then people can start to see and then they can receive the truth that we have, that we are believing for them. You know, parents, can I encourage you? I've got three children, love them dearly. And, you know, of course, we did a lot of that with our kids. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of advice giving. There's a lot of opening the Bible and trying to teach. But I believe my number one job is to pray that the veil would be lifted off their hearts and off their minds. Friends, we don't want kids that just come to church out of habit and just out of need to go. No, no, we want them to come because they want to be here. We don't want just good kids. We want the God kids. And you know, friends, the difference, the veil. We need the veil lifted where they go, I see for myself. And, and if you don't think that this is something that is important, well, have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, when you understand this, you understand how important it is for this veil to be lifted. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Oh, but my kids believe. It, yes, I get that. But we need to understand that there's different levels here. And he's saying that we need that veil lifted. It says, they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news, they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. What's it, what's it saying? When people don't have the veil lifted, they just don't seem to be, un, to, to be able to understand it. Have you ever noticed in Genesis chapter one, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and it was empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. Now, I just need you to see something. So there was darkness, there was no form, and then the Spirit of God came, 
And then God spoke. Darkness, Spirit of God, and then God spoke. Friends, for us, what we usually do is that there is darkness somewhere. There's something that we don't really like and we're trying to change that behaviour, trying to change that mindset. And then we just start speaking. And then we hope that the Spirit of God eventually comes and does something. No, no. First, we understand where we're at. Then we pray, Holy Spirit, could you please come into that environment? Could you please lift the veil? Could you please start just working those waters? And then when we speak, you see an explosion take place. Friends, that's the process. And this is what we need to understand about the veil, friends. It's not a one-time event. And for some of us, we just think, oh yeah, no, well, you know, the the veil lifted off my eyes in 1984 and I've been great ever since. Well, some of us may remember that Jesus died, He rose again. And then the Bible says that He was walking along with two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And these were disciples, it says. They were followers of Jesus. But the Bible says they did not recognise Him. How? How did they not recognise Him? Because there was a veil. There was a veil. And then the Bible says that Jesus was about to go on and and they said, no, no, please come and stay. And so they sat down and they had a meal together. It says, when they were at the table with them, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Does that sound familiar? Take bread, break it. That's communion, friends. And then have a look at what happens next. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. The veil was lifted. And friends, the veil was lifted around communion. That's the power of communion. And when I say communion, friends, please don't think that, that, that short moment that we have in church. No, no. When Jesus instituted communion for the very first time, called the Last Supper, friends, it was in a home. Jesus right here is in a home. You can have communion right there where you're at. And do you know what you could be believing for when you're having communion? Lord, If there's some veils on my heart, on my mind, could you please lift them? And you know, wouldn't it be beautiful that every time we have communion, we just have an experience where God shows us something that we've never really seen before or we understand something that people have been trying to communicate to us. Friends, what a beautiful moment that would be. You know, I remember Helen and I were married for three years and, um, you know, that were great three years for me. And but for Helen, she would say that she would actually go to bed crying most of those nights. And, and it wasn't because I was being overly abusive. I say overly, maybe I was a little. Um, it wasn't because I was being you know, an overly evil man. But let me tell you what I was doing. And I think it's probably just as bad. I was living as a single man. Why? Because that's what I saw my dad do. And my dad was married but yet I would just see him hanging out with his own friends. He, we, we wouldn't really do family life together. And, and don't get me wrong, I love my dad dearly, but probably wasn't a great example back then. And, um, and so I, I was living as a single man. And one day I'm just driving on a freeway and God speaks to me so clearly. And friends, in all honesty, there was a veil over my heart. I just didn't know how to be a married man because I'd never really seen it before. And I thought I was doing a good job. And it was like, I'm driving down the freeway and God just absolutely tears the veil. And I'm like, ah, I'm living like a single man. I'm supposed to be a married man. Oh my, what am I? And I went home that day and friends, without a word of a lie, Helen will tell you that I was a completely changed man in a moment, in a moment. 
And we've been married 28 years now and I think that that moment was so defining for me. And I want God to be able to do that for you as well. But here it is, here, here it comes. When I talked to Helen, she says, I was praying that God would reveal this to you. Well, what, what's she saying? She was praying that God would lift the veil, that it would be torn over my heart. Less of this, more of that. Are you getting this, friends? Come on, what a, what a great way to understand how life works. Rather than getting frustrated, no, we get on our knees and we pray that God will absolutely remove that veil in different areas of our lives. Friends, let me tell you a story of a great friend of mine. As we were growing up, he would often say that he doesn't really understand the deeper truths of the Bible. And he would say, guys, just leave me alone. All I know is that Jesus died on the cross for me. And, and you know, just recently, he actually did a course in our church called LAMB, which stands for Love After Marriage, a brilliant course, by the way. And it's supposed to be a marriage course, and it is, but it actually is more of a personal development course. And in this course, you actually get an opportunity where you, you, you turn your heart toward Jesus and you have deep and intimate conversations with Him. Now, I know it might sound a bit spooky, but friends, it's so powerful because Jesus took him back to a moment when he was a young boy and he was sexually abused, but he had blocked that out of his mind. He actually had created a veil and he didn't quite know that these voices that he was constantly hearing in his head was not a normal thing. Well, eventually someone prays with him and the voices stop. Now he's got clarity. And he would say that he has never experienced this type of clarity ever in his life. And now he's just loving life without the veil. Hey, I wonder what veils could exist in your life right now. You know, do you find sometimes when you read the Bible that you're just not quite understanding what it's saying? Could that be a sign that there is a veil there that is not enabling you to read it. God wouldn't give us a Bible that none of us can understand. The Bible says that when we turn to Jesus, the veil is lifted. Friends, all of this is about turning to Him. This is not just about us becoming better people and some sort of self-help program. No, no. As we turn to Him, the veil is lifted. But unfortunately, friends, sometimes the way in which a veil is lifted is through consequence. Sometimes the veil is burnt what do I mean by that? Often people actually have the veil removed after a severe consequence. For example, some guys only work out what they've been doing wrong and have that veil removed after their wife has left them. And friends, my prayer is that you would not wait for that moment, that you would say, God, please, if there's anything that I'm doing that is hurting my friends, my relationship, please lift that veil right now. Friends, it's so important to understand that if people are walking around with a veil, we need to have a lot of grace. We need to show a lot of love because we don't know when that veil is gonna be lifted. Do you remember the story when Jesus was praying for a blind man? He couldn't see. And then Jesus wanted to take him out of the city. Jesus just didn't say, hey, follow me. And the guy was stumbling over rocks and plants and, and bushes. No, no, Jesus held him by the hand until he could actually see. And maybe we just need to hold people by the hand to help them until they can actually see for themselves. Friends, there is a veil that exists. And this, this message has helped us to look behind the scenes, behind the curtain, so that we can see what the enemy is up to. Friends, I'm wondering right now, is it possible that there are veils over, the, over people's hearts and minds that we love, that we cherish, 
And will you join me in praying, praying for them and praying for yourself that God would lift the veil. Come on, let's pray right now. Father, I thank You in Jesus' Name that Lord, You tell us that there are veils that exist, but You also tell us that as we turn to Jesus, those veils will be lifted. And so God, right now we pray for the veil to be lifted, first of all, on our own minds, our own hearts. And then we think about our family members, God. We think about our partners. God, we think about our staff members. Father God, we thank You, Lord, for those that are working with colleagues. Father God, I pray that the veil would be lifted in Jesus' Name and all God's people said, Amen. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.